Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women who have taken part in the Practice Makes Some Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. Emma, hi, and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. First of all, before we launch into today's topic, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you work, what you do there, and perhaps a little bit about your past experience, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, So hi, I'm Emma. Um, I'm a planner um, and I work for an agency, a creative agency in Newcastle um, called Drummond Central. Um, But I actually live in Leeds. um, So I do commute a little bit, which is a, you know, a new whole new world for me. Um, But that's only a couple of days a week. Um, I'm a huge lover of pop culture, delving into, you know, what makes people tick. Um, I'm a huge fan of the sort of the high-low contrast, you know, speaking about you know pop culture trends but um really kind of delving into it as if it's the most serious topic in the world I think that's really exciting um but working in advertising and marketing sort of gives me that chance to also rub against you know all sorts of interesting things like behavioral psychology um without actually having to do any of the sort of serious academic work so um, I'm your classic jack of all trades um and I'm just thrilled to say that I've been able to build a sort of a career out of just being a, a very nosy person. <laughs> Fantastic. We all we all love nosy people. So creators <laughs> and journalists both. Um, first of all, I mean, the, the, the title of today's podcast is about midweight careers. So I'm really, really keen to find out about what those are, what they mean, how you get into them, etc. But first up, what I'd really like to know is do all role models always have to be older, wiser and more senior? Mm -hmm. So the short answer is no. (laughs) Um, And I guess just to sort of talk about being that in that midway point in your life, um, you know, I was thinking the other day about, you know, my kind of personal experience and the experience a lot of my peers have when you get to sort of your mid to late 20s and you kind of find yourself, you know, I guess that classic turning point. Um, and it's kind of a good time to take stock of, you know, I'm not quite a junior anymore, but I'm also not a senior person and kind of thinking about um, who, who inspires you in your career and, and what that can mean for you. So, um, yeah, going back to the role models, um, you know, it's a really positive thing to have people more senior than you to look up to um I think everyone needs that kind of aspirational example leading by example um but what I found personally is it actually makes it quite difficult to measure myself and my own kind of capabilities against that um just because you know they've had more swings at it than me they've had that experience that 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 journey um so if anything it can kind of um set my expectations for myself a little bit high and I can be quite a harsh critic I think a lot of people will will resonate with that um so I think um it's just that question of well actually you know can you find inspiration elsewhere can you look to your peers for that um that sense of being a role model can you be a role model yourself as well um so yeah I think there's a lot of um, facets to that hopefully we can get into (laughs) (laughs) fantastic I mean I'm, I'm really interested in the point that you made about you know they there's someone to look up to mm-hmm. but actually <clears throat> their lived experience is now going to be different from yours mm-hmm. um what sort of things do you do you feel you need a role model to show you that's 
that's of a similar lived experience if you see what I mean if I'm mm, yeah absolutely um like you said I, I think um you know there's role models who've had that experience in life and work and you know have made those mistakes before you and, and live to tell the tale but I think there's other things that um you can take from people so you know there's you know just qualities in people that you can look up to you know um I have friends who have a lot more patience than I do I have um colleagues that you know um are incredibly bold and make brave decisions all the time and you know I kind of look at them and think oh god I wish I could be like that um but I've always admired people who can be really passionate about something as well you know no matter their career path their interest if if you can sort of get a bit geeky and into something you can really tell that it's it's because it's a genuine interest to them and not because they've sort of set out to master it and become you know the most senior or authoritative person in the room so I think um Really, I think it's just about diversifying who you're looking to to get that that inspiration from. Fantastic. I mean, it seems like the way businesses are set up, they're set up to have sort of a hierarchical waterfall down of experience and learning. Even the ones that are really good at CPD are, are about, you know, older teachers, younger or more experienced teachers, mm-hmm. teachers less experienced. How would you in an ideal world, do you think, set up to set up an organisation to gain that kind of parallel learning mm-hmm. what sort of what sort of techniques could you see would be useful i mean I, i'm fortunate to to work with people and especially my sort of line manager who um are a lot more sort of democratic and you know try and be as kind of um in- inclusionary as possible but i do think there's you know things you can put into place um that that help um you know more experiences come through like you said so you know for example you could employ like a a junior board um I've seen that happen in other agencies my my partner's agency um, does it and he's part of that and I think it's just a really great opportunity to kind of voice and platform those people with you know less experience but um by no means invalid experience as well um so you know getting together thinking like what's working in this company what can we improve what are our collective experiences um so I think something like that could be incredible and again no matter what industry and it's just kind of giving voices to people who you know might have only been in their career five ten years that's fantastic the idea of giving voices to to people do you think we um we do enough to tell more junior staff or people who've been there less long they could have been really quite senior somewhere else there's a a chap who's turned up as an Mm. intern at an ad agency I believe and he's 65 I mean he literally ran his own different (laughs) and he's turned up and he's like I'm the intern now and I've got a lot to learn I think it's fantastic but when we've got people who are in less experienced roles do we do enough to let them know that their opinion and their experience of whatever Mm. is valid and how can we do more to encourage them to speak up and share their experience yeah so I I guess um I I agree you know I think it's so inspiring when people can just you know turn the hat to something else um but in terms of you know um, reassuring more junior people I think first of all I, I did a little bit of you know research a bit of a rubbishy survey of my own kind of peers on different social media networks and stuff and I think the overwhelming thing is um, feeling okay to make mistakes and that's easier said than done because you know not a lot of people like to talk about the times when they messed up you know LinkedIn it's all about oh I got a you know promotion at work I got a new job brilliant and that 
that's all incredible and valid. Um, but we don't often see people talking about when they messed up. And I think just kind of validating that is is quite important for young people. I mean, I know I'm myself, you know, I've made some silly mistakes and and felt pretty, pretty devastated. And people can say it's okay, it's okay. But until you kind of see, oh no, everyone does actually make mistakes and and it's not the end of the world, I think it can be quite difficult to relate. But um yeah, I think I think talking about that is um is really important because after all, you know, no one really likes perfect people either. Um, you know, in, in my line of work, we do, you know, a lot of around behavioral um science and this thing called the Prattfall effect, um, which sort of talks about how um, you know, perfection isn't actually a desirable trait. Um, you know, we all like the cookies that look homemade, we don't like them to look, you know well, cookie cutter perfect. So um, I think there's something interesting about being open about mistakes. It is, it's fantastic. And it also makes for fantastic storytelling. And and those ideas yeah. stick. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel we learn better if we screw it up first time around. Of course we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the overwhelming <laughs> response from people was, you know, I asked them what was the biggest mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? And no matter what the mistake was, the, the biggest learning was, hey, the world didn't stop. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's I think yeah. said for warts and all, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, in terms, you mentioned there are things like LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, we 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 criticize social platforms a lot for mm-hmm. being able to broadcast toxicity and mm-hmm. falseness and all this. But do they have a role to play in bringing people and ideas together to show a more diverse source of ideas and source of inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, LinkedIn, like we said, it's like every other platform. It's it's Facebook masquerading as a professional website and sometimes worse. Um, But um, I think, yeah, the effect can be the same. It's that compare and despair. And um, I actually, I'd really love to talk a bit about um, the sort of the term um, imposter syndrome, actually, if if you if you uh, indulge me a minute, um, just well, in terms away, of go for it. <laughs> just in terms of that kind of um, representing more voices. So I think it's really tempting to use that that term, and it's certainly something I've said of myself before. But actually, I'd be I'd be reading a little bit more into it, and um, I think it's kind of now becoming that sort of thing where it's kind of pathologizing glossing over something that's a little bit more kind of sinister in the sense that you know the people who tend to say they have an imposter syndrome are young people they might be young women they might even be young women of color it's kind of actually are there much broader challenges that you face in certain roles because actually um you can't see yourself you can't see who you might look to as a role model um you know the the fact that you might feel uncomfortable isn't because you aren't capable in those roles but actually it's because you don't really have anyone to look up to often or it feels that way and I think actually again being more honest on platforms like LinkedIn and and sharing our mistakes and and broadening what you know a role model quote-unquote looks like and sounds like I think will help people to see that actually you know, there's not one path to success. There's not one path to, you know, achieving. Um, so yeah, I've probably gone a bit around the houses there and hopefully answered your question, but I just think it's really important. No, it's really important. And extra context obviously is is massively important. I think you're absolutely right with the imposter syndrome. We feel imposter syndrome from the perspective of we can't make a mistake because mm-hmm. that would destroy this carefully constructed image we've created of ourselves that we don't get it wrong very often and therefore... <laughs> And therefore, we're employable and we're promotable and all this good stuff. But also, it it does it doesn't help others because then they see this unattainable mm. um, 
perfection, as it were. Mm-hmm. So how how can we do we have to be really much more overt about it in the workplace and really encourage, you know, to sort of, kind of to the extent where it's like kind of like a group therapy session in the conference <laughs> where we get senior leadership, juniors and every point in between and have a mass fess up to the biggest, I'm not going to swear here, <laughs> cock up that we've done sessions that are regular and embedded so that we can see everyone has screwed up this week. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, although um, that does remind me of an episode of the US office where people were fessing up and, you know, there are some incredibly unethical things. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think I think it's just about being a bit more human, isn't it? Like, um, again, I'm lucky to work in an agency where, you know, I feel pretty comfortable having a down-to-earth conversation with someone and I don't necessarily feel like my leadership team is put on a pedestal but I've I've seen it happen elsewhere um and I think um you know being perfect isn't isn't actually the the be-all and end-all and I think you know the sooner we you know realize that culturally the better um yeah do you think do you think leadership however illuminated it may be is embracing the concept of things like reverse mentoring enough that's interesting I mean it's certainly not something I've I've come across um I mean I've only worked at you know a handful of places but um it's something that I think would be really interesting to try out you know like I was saying about a junior board it's kind of it's giving um giving the chance for for junior people to um I guess identify the qualities in themselves that you know are willing to pass on uh, the you know um worthwhile passing on so again it's not about the amount of experience you've had it's actually um well what do I bring to the table and can I can I teach someone something new isn't that you know a lovely opportunity um because you know we're never the finished article and I think even though I'm talking from the perspective of you know a midweight role I've you know I'm 28 um I'm very much in smack bang in the middle um you know I'm sure lots and lots of senior people who have, think they've seen it all. There's always something more to learn. Um, yeah, absolutely. Never done, never perfect is something I was just reading earlier today. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the way that we're changing, we're moving to different ways of working. Agile methodologies are getting so much more attention. Mm-hmm. And those sort of things require um, autonomy. They require teams to work they require the, the concept of servant leadership, where leaders aren't dictating what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. They're here to say, you're doing something. What do I need to do to enable it? Mm-hmm. But for that to happen smoothly, you need to have the midweight actors in those teams confident enough in themselves to be able to make autonomous decisions without having to revert to leadership. Absolutely. And um, it just reminded me, um, I was reading a a statistic, it was an Ipsos survey about, um, you know, people in the UK who their role models are and and whatnot. And um, it it was quite sad, really, because it found that um, only 38 percent of 18 to 24 year olds. So they're sort you know, the more junior category um, felt themselves to be role models versus um, 61 percent of 35 to 75 so you know of course as you get older your confidence grows you kind of have that um you know you, you don't give a toss attitude uh, hopefully one day that you know I'm aiming for that um but you know I, I also think actually older people um can look back and give experience and that's so valuable as I said but actually they're not experts in being younger and they're not experts in being in that mid middle of your career and I think 
Um, it, it's not about just waiting around um, and gaining experience for that kind of confidence to happen. It's like, well, let's make a, uh, take advantage of this in, unique time in your life where, you know, you can afford to make a few mistakes. You can afford to start over um, a bit more because obviously you have less, you know, general responsibilities in life. Um, and actually, I think that's a really unique time that we should tap into more. People have, you know, really interesting and different perspectives. Fantastic. Um, just before we wrap up then, Mm-hmm. people listening to this are going to be wanting to take something away and go you know what this has inspired me it's inspired me to show what I know I may mm-hmm. have been in the game for a few years but I can show someone what I know it may be um, a more established leader going do you know what I wasn't aware that my teams either could offer something or that they were feeling that they needed to to gain inspiration from somewhere else so if you can think of any sort of steps that you'd like someone to think of doing when they turn off this podcast and go, I could send an email, read a book, read an article, I could do something. Hmm. What sort of thing do you think they could they could take away and go go do that be a positive step towards this? Yeah, absolutely. So um I think broadening out who you consider role models, like even just, you know, have, like you said, having that conversation, sending an email, um, if you can facilitate, you know, something as amazing as a junior board or even just a conversation with more junior teams brilliant um let's embrace imperfection let's let's have a <laughs> let's have a group therapy session where we talk about things that you know we learned from mistakes that we made um but i think also just you know sit back and think well who does inspire me what can they inspire me to 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 do in my own life and you know whether that's a personal or a, or a career based decision um you know life's a life's a crazy golf course it's not a it's not a linear path there you go that's my soundbite to close us out (laughs) excellent fantastic well I'm definitely the dinosaur in front of the windmill in that case (laughs) fantastic Emma thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing these fantastic thoughts with us and thanks to everyone for listening thanks so much